What is up, beautiful people? Welcome to episode number 57 of the audio podcast with the Auto Bros, Jason and Alex on channel. How are you this morning, my brother? I'm good. I had a ridiculously busy week this week. You've had a lot going on this week. <laughs> yeah, so... So I, I can always tell when Alex is flat out at work because he stops calling me. <laughs> yeah. And then when I call him, you have the most abrasive declined tone when you hang up on a call. For some reason, your phone's different than any other phone. Right, he knows I'm busy. It is so abrasive. Like, so if you answer the phone and you speak, the the volume level that your voice is at, multiply that by about 20, and that's what the <laughs> It's, yeah. I like that. I prefer that. Yeah, it's it's, it's literally like a go. It's a very yeah, harsh go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I had one of my properties settled. On, hey, on congratulations which was very nice and it was very swiftly done mm -hmm. and still had another one to go uh, then I had a very busy week sold three so yeah, yesterday I went to jump in a Range Rover mm. that I've got uh, literally about to leave get a phone call hey I'm going to send my dad to come over look at it yeah cool he's up in the customers on cans mm -hmm. Hang the phone, uh, phone up, dad's there half an hour later. Real nice dude, looks like test drove it. And he goes, I had the son of being in contact. And I thought, okay, well, until it's sold, I'm driving. Yeah, yep. So I jump in the car, connect the Bluetooth, phone call. Yeah, I'll take that. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> so I had no cars. But you, you know that's how the deal God works, right? If you would have thought, oh, I've got a guy and I'll park it in the shed, I'll take something else. You would never want to solve the car. Well, the, you know very well how uh, how else the deal god works. I put a full tank of diesel in yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> $110 worth of diesel yesterday. Mm. So now it's, it's now grounded. And, uh, you know, but that's fine. Yeah. But then I'm, I'm looking around my shed and I'm like, man, I've got nothing that I wanted to drive in here or mm. nothing that was registered. Mm. So I fired up the computer and there was an option on, uh, on the other side of town. And the first car that popped up, I'm like, oh, I like that. Click, 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 bought that. And went over, I uh, caught an Uber from here, over the other side of town, walked past a car that I really, like, really, really, really caught my eye. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I like this. And I know that it didn't sell, it got passed in. So ended up doing a deal on that while I was there too. Mm, that's awesome. And so I'm driving that, because that's got Rego. Yep. It's a rocket ship. <laughs> um, Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, it's a nice car. Yeah, it's a so, nice car. So yesterday, if you want to have a look at what he's bought, uh, make sure you follow the Auto Bros. Uh, Auto Facebook. Bros. Wholesale on Facebook. Yeah, and Instagram as well. Yeah, yeah, you'll see my cars up there on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But um, Father's Day, oh, it should probably got me a little bit too late once it's dropped on Monday. But if you want to buy that a car, Auto yeah. Bros. Yeah, Auto yeah, Bros. Yeah, 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 for sure. This podcast brought to you, but yeah. <laughs> so no, I um, I did have a very, a very busy week, and uh, which is good. And I'm definitely, mm -hmm. definitely not complaining. And it's just about staying in the game and finding opportunities when, they, when they're there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, it is swings and roundabouts. You go through some, some slow times, but you've had a crack a week. You've sold three cars a house and <laughs> you've bought a couple new cars yeah. as well. So, yeah. happy days. And, uh, likewise, if anyone's got any stock that they want to sell, cars or motorbikes, please let me know because mm. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. buying. We, all, we always buy them. Yeah. Um, so a couple of other things happened this week. So uh, I mentioned obviously last week on the podcast that Amanda and I are expecting and we finally got the results of our blood test and we are having a another baby boy. Congratulations. Thank you very much. 
That's the simple choice, I believe. Yeah, we. So I remember discussing it. Now, obviously, as a guy, you always want to have a boy, and Amanda always wanted to have girls. She's a she's a massive netballer, so her whole life was planned out of like Saturday mornings down at the netball court mm. with the daughters and that sort of stuff. So uh, it it took a little bit of getting over uh, the, the first time around with me. I can still remember when we got the uh, the scans done, and the obstetrician was like, "Oh, do you guys want to have sex?" And we're like, "Yeah, yeah, that'd be great." And then so they kept on some other measurements and stuff like that. So we sort of weren't really paying attention. And then the obstetrician just goes, penis. And the first thought that Amanda had was, why does my daughter have a penis? Because <laughs> like 99% sure we're having a daughter. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've got two boys. And mm-hmm. as, uh, as a friend of mine described it the other day, uh, it is the VK Bros time uh, mark two. How terrifying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, going back to the netball thing, there's no reason why your son can't dominate, they dominate uh, netball. female netball. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's the beautiful world that they've been born into. A yeah. world where uh, men can dominate women's sports. Yeah. <laughs> Happy days. So make sure you get that physicality up. Yep, yep. Um, they'll probably, yeah, like they'll get to the highest level and then they can get their $25,000 a year salary for <laughs> playing for the Diamonds. There you go. Happy days. But no, we're very excited. Uh, we did speak about it after the first time too, that as much as we'd love to have a daughter, it would be so much easier to have two of the same, same clothes, probably same interests, etc. I also know what boys are like, and I'm looking forward to having two little wrestling buddies, for mm. not just myself, but for each other, mm-hmm. to, uh, to take some of the energy out of each other, so that's yep. going to be awesome. But yeah, no, we're, we're very, very excited. That's good, man. Can we also talk about collective consciousness? <laughs> yeah, we can, we can. So. If you, uh, the, the idea of collective consciousness is that there is a there is a thought pattern that is above what uh, mm-hmm. what we perceive in ourselves, and yep. that potentially there is a, like a leakage of 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 data mm-hmm. that is uh, shared collectively across a certain community. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason and I experienced that um, when we got to work this morning, or got to the 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 podcast this morning. We're both wearing exactly the same clothes. That's right. So black hats, uh, black tops, beige shorts. Obviously, I wear moccasins. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're never gonna be that collective. Yeah, but, but yeah, collective consciousness is like because uh, I love dropping the old school references. Remember Starship Troopers? Yes, I do. One of the most underrated movies of its time. Excellent movie. That had tell the, me more. That had the hive mind. Yeah. yeah, the hive mind. So obviously, all the different bugs were being collectively controlled by the brain bug. Is is there's any one star from that movie or two stars that really did anything after that, right? Which is Neil Patrick Harris. Yep. And Denise Richards. Was it Denise Richards in that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're, they're the only two people that did literally anything after that. Yeah. Great movie. Go watch it. Very underrated. Very underrated. Yeah. It could uh, it could parallel out. It could do, could do. Um, In a way, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, another another uh, bittersweet story, obviously, just to quickly go over this from this week was uh, we went to the funeral of our good friend Matt on Tuesday. Uh, look, it was a beautiful service. It was, really it was a Matt. It's that sad thing, right? Like I saw so many old uh, Tambo locals that I haven't seen for ten years, and you always. You have the same conversation with every single one of them of like, oh, it's really great to see you. It's just a shame that it's under these circumstances. Yeah. 
the good thing to me is that there's been a couple of people out of that who we just started exchanging messages again, you know, to sort of reacquaint ourselves, which is quite cool. So, um, but look, beautiful, beautiful service. The amount of love shown to Matt and his family was awesome. Um, See, I have to say, I had no idea the, who, like what the man that he'd become. Yeah, yeah. Because I only know him from childhood, mm -hmm. really from childhood. Um, although seeing him, because he's a car nut, which car we'll get nut. to. Yeah. But I, uh, it was probably a month ago, I saw him drive past in the new car that Dad had told me that he bought. Mm -hmm. And I rang Dad and said, yeah, I just saw Matt, he's, mm -hmm. you know, his car was really cool. But, yeah. Yeah, it was it was really impressive. It was it was a touching service. It was a huge turnout, mm. and yeah, it was it was it was special. Yeah, uh, and one extremely funny coincidence that's come out of it this week. So uh, they spoke about at the funeral how Matt and his old man were massive fans of Dukes of Hazard, and even Matt's coffin was painted up like the general league yeah. car like an orange with orange. number on it yeah. yeah like and they had a replica of the general league car there and anyway uh i don't know if everyone saw this but i was just randomly scrolling through facebook this week and over in the united states obviously they're currently being hit by hurricane ida and hurricane ida has actually done a story about a it causing a tree to fall on the original general league car and it's smashed it, completely smashed it to pieces. This is probably a day or two after, after the funeral. And the way I like to think about it is, obviously God's taken the General Lee car out of this world to bring it up to heaven so Matt can drive it around. Fix it up first, obviously. Yeah, but, he's the kind of guy who would have fixed yeah, it. Yeah, but then so he can drive around. Yeah. I thought it was, it was a beautiful, a beautiful little uh, exclamation point sure. on, uh, on this week. So, For sure. again, shout out to you, Matt. Uh, that, service really showed how much of an impact you actually had mm. on the world and the people around you it was your impact was huge and to his friends and and obviously to his family in particular you guys should be extremely proud of, of your son and your brother mm. because For yeah sure. it was a massive outpouring of love so yeah. that was that was pretty cool now should we move on to to sort of what we want to speak about yeah, okay. this week Let's so go. obviously there's been a lot going on in regards to COVID mm. uh, in the last 18 months. But there was a particular story uh, that really struck me this week. And it, it probably struck me in particular because of where I was when I first heard it. So Joe Rogan got COVID. Mm -hmm. Now, a couple of things about this. Joe Rogan has never said yes or no to whether or not he was vaccinated. Mm -hmm. He's never actually said it on his mm -hmm. podcast. He has been a little bit critical of the like the vaccine rollout since the beginning. He has said that in his opinion, younger, healthier people probably don't need to take it. Mm -hmm. He has he I mean the entire time he's had his podcast even pre-COVID, he has always advocated for people to health. take better care sure. of their health. Yep. And in that particular way, he's I would say he's a fairly good role model. Uh, but what I found fascinating was when the story broke. I was sitting in the doctor's surgery with Nate because well, they... wait, illustrate what his post said. Right. So if you haven't seen this post, it's on his Instagram page. But essentially, he put a video up where he was announcing that unfortunately he tested positive for COVID. He ever since he tested positive, he has thrown the kitchen sink at it. So all sorts of treatments: ivermectin, Z-Pak, uh, vitamin drips, etc., etc., etc. NAD. 
plus. Yeah, NAD drips, yeah. all these things. And essentially said that he's had kind of one bad day and then was feeling a lot better. And I just saw a poster this morning that just tested negative. Yeah. So within, within a week, he's gone from testing positive, having one bad day, and now testing negative for COVID. Yep. Now, I'm sitting in the doctor's surgery on Thursday morning because Nate was getting his 18 month vaccinations because they're not anti-vaxxers. And that was the first time I saw the news story. Right. So I'm sitting in a full doctor's surgery, news story comes up, and the way they described it was uh, popular uh, podcast host Joe Rogan has tested positive for COVID-19, but it is, it is his choice of treatment which will greatly concern our health authorities. Mm -hmm. And then they started going through how he was taking known horse medicine, ivermectin. Yeah. And then all they focused on was he was taking horse medicine, ivermectin. Now, I found this fascinating as a perfect display, in a nutshell, of what we've experienced this entire pandemic. Yeah, we should illustrate this technique. Yeah. So, the, this, these are the facts as far as I'm aware. Yep. And these are the facts as of today, which is Saturday. It may change next week. But as far as I'm aware, we don't know whether or not Rogan's even vaccinated, but it's obviously been proven that vaccinated people can still get the virus and can still have poor yep. outcomes. It's actually relevant. Yeah, it's yep. kind of relevant to the story. The second thing is, he has said to, even prior to this, to take care of your health. Mm -hmm. Then when he got COVID, tested positive, so he when he was feeling bad, he did all the right things. He says, sorry, he said in his post that he isolated from his family because he sort of knew what it might be. So it's when you've got a different wing of the house. Yeah, that's didn't. true. Yeah. So isolated from his family, got tested straight away, got COVID and threw the kitchen sink at it with early interventions. Mm. And now he's better. Mm. The media, all they wanted to focus on was the fact he took horse medicine. And they kept saying horse medicine, horse medicine, horse medicine to discredit the usage of ivermectin. And this is how they do it, because even apart from, because it was all over the news the last couple of days, yeah. and even removing the Rogan thing, everyone's now talking about people going and buying ivermectin. And this is how they do it. This is how the media will illustrate it. Mm -hmm. There is a concern about people's use of ivermectin, full stop. Mm -hmm. Ivermectin has been used to deworm horses or they'll say ivermectin is Wait. best known for use. Or yeah, yeah, as a horse dewormer. As, um, using uh, every uh, health official will say that using high doses of of horse uh, um, uh, dewormer could be detrimental to your health and has adverse reactions like mm -hmm. yeah. that one guy that was vomiting. Yeah, right. And it's not approved for the use for yeah. the treatment of and COVID. And so they're literally saying, they, like, they've left that gaping hole there. They've said the animal version, yeah, don't have the animal version. Yeah. There is a person version. That's right. It's been around for a very long time. 1978, they first prescribed it to human beings. And, and TGA approved in Australia in 2013. Yeah. Because I read the TGA's approval process for it. Uh -huh. And how's this for, this was the most fascinating thing I pulled out of it, right? Mm. Now, it is for, it is designed for tropical diseases. Yeah, it's an anti-parasitic drug. Yeah. So yeah, mainly yeah. used for treatment for like malaria and stuff Scabies like that. Scabies and things yeah. like that. Dengue. Uh, how's this for a crazy stat? 
I wanted to obviously see what the adverse reactions are because it had many debates. There's heaps of debate out there, and this is what they're pushing. The media is pushing adverse reactions to the horse version. Yeah. Or overly high doses. Mm -hmm. If you don't have overly high doses, you're not going to get the adverse reactions. Mm -hmm. But the adverse reactions they had in the testing as part of the TGA's approval process, which mm -hmm. you can find on the TGA website, it's, it's there. In the tests that they did, this was for scabies, 10% mm -hmm. of the people on ivermectin mm -hmm. had a headache mm -hmm. and uh, a little bit of fatigue okay. for two days after. 10%. Yeah. 10%. 12% of the placebo cohort mm -hmm. had the same yeah. symptoms. Mm -hmm. So, and literally after that, it says, so there's no, there is no, yeah. effectively, there is no adverse reaction yeah. to it. Yeah. So, a couple of other things in regards to this. Ivermectin was originally prescribed to uh, human beings in 1978, and I was searching for statistics last night. The only statistic I could find said that it has been prescribed to human beings roughly 2.3 billion times yeah. since 1978. And again, not highly used in our country, but massively used in uh, third world countries, particularly to uh, as a, pro a prophylactic for things like malaria yeah. and stuff like that. And what is fascinating, where, where a lot of this ivermectin talk came from uh, originally was when they were looking at some of these poorer countries overseas, which COVID has gone through, and some of these countries just fared exponentially better than other countries, and they were trying to find the reason why. And in I can't remember the particular country that the article was about because it's going back almost 12 months, probably over 12 months now, but it was a country where they take ivermectin as a prophylactic every Sunday. They call it Sunday Sunday as like a reminder. Because it's Peru. I don't think it was Peru. Okay. Uh, but it's called Sunday Sunday as a reminder to them of, oh, I've got to take my pill because it's a prophylactic to protect them from malaria. Yep. Now, a lot of the other uh, research that they will they will point to to discredit the usage of ivermectin is saying that they've done these peer-reviewed studies which show that there is no uh, no significant effect when it comes to curing severe disease. Yeah, that's not what any of the. No, no, list, can the, you say that? Can you say that? Because that's the most important part. Can you yeah. say that again? Yeah, there is no there is no proven um, data which shows that it can cure severe disease. That's what the media is saying. That's that right. is what the health officials will say that are on TV. Yeah. But the critical thing about what Joe Rogan did and the critical thing about what other countries are doing overseas, and I'm pointing the finger at India, is you use it early. Mm. Because it's part of a series of interventions. Mm. So if you get COVID, getting ivermectin into you early has been shown many times to potentially lessen the effects because it actually has a sterilizing effect on... It's um, one of the only things that can actually stop it. That's right. But obviously, if it goes to, if it develops too far, then ivermectin becomes less effective. Same as every other drug. Yeah. If you get onto anything early, we talk about every sort of medical ailment there is. Yeah. If you get onto it with early intervention, like cancer, for example, you have better outcomes. Yeah. Now, on that treatment thing, Pfizer ain't a treatment either. Yeah, no. Like where, and that that's one of the things I've spoken about a million times is. Uh, if we are trying to vaccinate our way out of a pandemic, like right back to the beginning when they first started talking vaccinations, in my head, I'm like, okay, so you've just written off anyone who's already got it. You're not talking about treatments for these people. You're just talking about vaccinating everyone else. So 
all those other people can just die. Mm. It made no sense to me. We should have been doing a, a multi-pronged attack right from the beginning. Well, that's so that's what got me. So when I, I just it, just before you continue, yeah. I just want to go back to the media's coverage of this story because do you know uh, some other medicines that are often given to horses? Paracetamol, right. ibuprofen. They're often given to horses too. So if you take paracetamol and ibuprofen, you're taking horse medicine. It's, Interesting. Right? So so this is the point that we're trying to make is we're not trying to tell you that ivermectin works. What we are trying to tell you is this is what the media does to discredit a narrative. Yeah. They use ridicule. And you'll see it all over the internet now. It's work, it's effective. Because anyone who goes, maybe we should be looking at ivermectin, everyone just goes, Oh yeah, horse medicine. I need to go go to the vet and get the, the horse medicine. Yeah. No, it's medicine and it can be used for a multiple yeah species because it works same as paracetamol same as ibuprofen they give it to horses all the time yeah if you go and eat a carrot is that horse food no it's it's multi-species food why well, I, I have to say most people are falling for that narrative they are hook line and which is why i keep doing it because it works yeah because it's effective but the other, here's the other thing i want to say about the whole joe rogan thing there are two two primary narratives i heard out of this the first one was the anti-ivermectin narrative. The second one is, oh, must be nice to be so rich oh, yeah. and and have access to all of these all of these treatments. He's only got those because he's rich. Guess who else is rich? Who? The Australian government yeah. with our tax money. Yeah. So this brought up a point for me. Well, well hold on. Okay. How, 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 how expensive is ivermectin? But it's cheap. It's five bucks. No, it's less than that. Mate, middle, like third world countries take this stuff every Sunday. You think yeah, it's $5 a pill? Yeah, true, true, true. Right? It is cheaper than that. And again, we're not saying that ivermectin is the only answer, but ivermectin should be a tool in the tool belt of all of our medical professionals. We should be looking at all of it. We should be looking. All options should be on the table. Yeah. And saying this for months, all options should be on the table. Instead of trying to censor people, because no one can make money out of ivermectin, but everyone can make money out of the antiviral drug that Pfizer's currently... Uh, trying to produce, we're in phase two trials for an antiviral medication. I think our vaccine's working so well. I think it's called Pfizermectin. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. So, is it is it too crazy for me to say at this stage that? Uh, well, hold on. Have we finished the ivermectin? No, no. This is something that I would I would like to say. So everyone's well, not everyone, but a lot of people in their narrative have gone. It must be nice to just be a rich person and have access to all these treatments. Well, we are a rich nation. We should have access to all these treatments. Mm -hmm. And every day when they report the dying with COVID numbers, especially in New South Wales, they talk about how many of these people died at home, right? And if you look at like that 27 year old guy that they said died with COVID, but he ended up just having a heart failure because it runs in his family. You know, that's a whole other story yeah. about media manipulation, but Imagine this, it's, it, this is a virus which is so deadly that we have shut down our entire country and we're now creating a two-class system where the vaccinator will be allowed to do something that the unvaccinated can't do, which is not backed by science because the vaccinated can still get it, still spread it, especially with Delta. And we get people who test positive for it and we just send them home with no medical care. Yeah. What yeah. if this happened? What if this happened? You call it the Joe Rogan cocktail. The Joe Rogan cocktail, where when you test positive for COVID-19, they go, hey, this is the Joe Rogan cocktail that worked for him. In consultation with your doctor by phone consult, we're going to give you, here's a prescription for everything that you need. 
go past the drive-through chemist on your way home, get it filled out. This is how you're going to take it. That's going to give you the best early intervention and the best chance of kicking this thing in the butt early. But if you get too bad, then go to a hospital. Yeah. But we are literally sending people home who've got COVID-19 with no treatment. And then we're talking about how, how infectious Delta is and how all the people in the family household are now getting Delta. Uh, which it used to only be two people per household. Now it's the whole household that's getting Delta. Yeah, okay, cool. Because we're sending them home with no medical interventions. Yeah. We have medical interventions. And if you are pro-vaccine because you think the vaccine is going to help us get out of this pandemic, you're right. The vaccine does have uses that, it can, that it, we can use it for to help us get out of this pandemic. But you can't vaccinate yourself out of a pandemic. You need to have medical treatments as well. So that okay, this is this is something that I want to I want to uh, uh, capitalize. Sorry, highlight. We cannot vaccinate our way out of coronavirus. We we've done that. We could we. It is using the metrics that are set in place by that Delhi report. Mm-hmm. It is impossible with the knowledge that we know now mm-hmm. of breakthrough cases, uh, the fact that it's a leaky vaccine. Yeah, that's the big key. There is no way that we can vaccinate ourselves out of this pandemic. Do you know what, my, like, it is so concerning to me, the amount of narrative you hear through the media that it is the unvaccinated which is causing the variants. Yeah, so... My argument, my uh, look at the data, okay? Mm-hmm. The number one, who, the number one nation in the world for vaccine, Israel. Israel. Mm-hmm. They've just met an all-time high for cases. Yeah. An all-time high. Yeah. They've got the highest vaccination rate in the world. Mm-hmm. Their death rate is following the same arc. Yeah. It is going up because deaths are as a proportion of your case numbers. Yeah. So, we're going to follow that that same. Well, we already are following the, the same trend as well. Mm. So vaccination rate is not proportional to death rates. No, and this There's is an improportion. And this therefore, is, yep. overly vaccinating people mathematically will not work. It's and it's 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 proving that. Yeah. Because Israel's already talking booster shots. So now you're just gonna be on the hamster wheel of booster shots every five months, because what five months has been shown mm. in their data to be when the effectiveness of the vaccine wanes. Now do yourself a favor, like go look Look at those figures up. It's on Google. Like you, yeah. you can literally just type in the country, COVID, yeah. and it will bring up. There's a little slot. Like it's got all the graphs. Mm-hmm. You can see vaccination rates, test rates, death rates. It's all there. Yeah. It's all there, and it's as as clear as that. Now, now this is a question I want to ask as well, and it it, it lines up with this uh, discussion. So there there is a lot of. For one, I'm sick of the word misinformation. Yeah. I really hate it. Yeah. The fact that we've even got misinformation coming from people who are supposed to be medical professionals is disgusting. Yeah. And you can find a medical professional which will literally say anything these days, and that's disgusting. That's disgusting. We should be talking about taking people's licenses to practice off them for spreading actual misinformation, whichever way it ends up being down the track. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. history will tell us what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. Unfortunately, like every other time in history, it'll be 10 years too late. Yeah. Okay. But here's something I want to say. The whole point of our vaccination program at the beginning was to protect the vulnerable. That's why we started with the elderly and the immune compromised. Okay? If it is the, va- the mass vaccination which is causing variants, 
which I firmly believe that it is because it makes sense when it comes to evolutionary biology. Because if you're an unvaccinated person, alpha variant could infect you just as easily as it infected everyone else at the start yeah. of the pandemic and it spread. We spread alpha. We yeah. spread alpha. But then when alpha gets to a vaccinated person, it is more difficult for it to infect that person. But it's only possible. Mm. And that is the issue with leaky vaccines. There is a difference between leaky and sterilizing. Yeah. So everyone keeps trying to talk about polio. Polio has two key differences to a respiratory virus. Number one, the polio vaccine completely sterilizes the polio virus, mm -hmm. which means you cannot get it and you cannot transmit it. Number two, there are no animal reservoirs for polio. With a respiratory virus, there are. That's why they culled all the mink in Europe last mm. year. Because the mink's respiratory system is extremely similar to a human being's. And we can pass coronaviruses back and forth between us. So you can, you can vaccinate the whole population and then you can still have these animal reservoirs which mutations can occur in. Doesn't just have to be vaccinated humans, can be animals as well. And then they can pass it back. And then, hey, presto, your vaccine no, is no longer effective. And the biggest concern for me out of all this is we're getting told every single day, we've all got to go and get vaccinated to protect the most vulnerable members of our community. But what if all of us going and getting vaccinated then blunts the protection of the vaccine and makes our vulnerable people even more vulnerable all over again? And the question I want to ask is this, because I don't know, but if, if the vaccines don't work, What's plan B? Yeah. But there's countries that are executing plan B but, as plan A. But as far, as far as Australia goes, what is our plan B? We don't have it. We don't have a plan B. We've never discussed a plan B. Okay, so this is what I wanted to say before, and it falls perfectly in line with this. I felt like we could not vaccinate our way out of this at the very beginning, as soon as the vaccine companies read out what their what their product achieves. They never said, they never said it will stop spread. Mm -hmm. From the, what's written on the box is reduce severe illness mm -hmm. and, and, and reduce the risk of death. Mm -hmm. That's what it said on the box. Mm -hmm. So in my head, back then, I went, well, okay, if it's only for uh, like reduction and self-protection, mm -hmm. I could see why you want a target mm. to, to meet, right? Mm -hmm. But then when they start looking at case numbers and the media then going, oh, and it stops, it does everything. It's a, it's a cure-all. Mm. And I'm like, well, no, that's not what... Yeah. Like, yeah. the vaccine companies aren't saying that. Mm. You're saying that. Mm -hmm. And that's wrong. Yeah. And, but we're going to monitor case numbers, but these aren't going to stop cases. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I've, I've just gone, well, that doesn't equate. That's never going to work. Right. And we're proving that now. Yeah. And, and like we've... We're, we're, we're putting a line in the sand and saying that we know that when we go into winter mm -hmm. months, the countries that are currently expressing some form of freedom mm -hmm. of this will go right back into it mm -hmm. because it's respiratory mm -hmm. and because the vaccines don't stop the yeah. spread. Yeah. And go look at Israel's numbers. It's shocking to me that mm -hmm. nobody is speaking about that. Mm. In, in, at least in this country. They're speaking about overseas in certain places. Yeah. But... So here's something else. Here's a novel idea for you. So the vaccine's not doing what we were originally told that the vaccine was going to do. Mm -hmm. Can we develop a new one? Or we're just going to keep injecting the same shit? Mm -hmm. Like, so if you... Let's, let's go back into car terms. 
Uh, Ford Motor Company was involved in class action a few years ago because they were knowingly selling models between 2011 and 2014 that had faulty gearboxes. Mm -hmm. And there was a massive class action because when people were going into these dealerships, the service advisors were instructed by Ford Motor Company to push back on the customer and say it was to do a driver error. Yep. When they knew full well they were a faulty engine. Gearbox. Gearbox. Gearbox, sorry, gearbox. So then there was a massive class action and it cost Ford a stack of money and a stack of uh, social credit and they had to replace all these gearboxes. So and buy the cars back. And buy the cars back. So this is an example of a company which was lying to its people and knowingly selling a faulty product because it was allowed to for a period of time. We now have vaccine companies which are completely like, there's no liability to the vaccine companies. And one point I wanna make on that, I'm okay with them not having liability because at the end of the day, if a vaccine works, it is, it is better for humanity Great. to have those yeah. vaccines. And it's, you, it's, a, it's a sticky place to be in where you are literally teetering on life and death. That's right. Yeah. And, and oh, we sorry, all sure. know everyone's body is different. Sure. So when you have a one-size-fits-all, unfortunately, you're going to have some, some deaths or some severe reactions to it. because It's people, a bit like peanuts. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly yeah. right. You don't, you're not shutting down peanut companies because people can get anaphylaxis. So I'm okay for vaccine companies to have uh, liability protections because they otherwise no one will produce these life-saving yeah. devices. Yep. What I'm not okay with is having a vaccine which is not effective and we just keep doing the same thing. Why would you not go back and redevelop the product? Mm. You know, we get fucking updates on our iPhones every week yeah. because they want to upgrade things and make them better. But we're just still rolling with the same vaccines. Why would we not develop a different one? Why can't we go? We've got 18 months worth of data now on COVID itself. We've got 12 months worth of data on the effectiveness of vaccines. We can tweak these things and they might be more effective. There is no incentive to do that. Mm. So just as I believe the vaccinated people are putting evolution, the evolutionary pressure on the virus to mutate and change forms, mm -hmm. we are not putting the same uh, market pressure on the vaccine companies to mutate and change forms to be more protective. Mm. And now we're involved in some sort of arms race between the virus and the vaccine companies. And I'll give you the tip, the virus will win. Yeah. Because a virus is able to just go out there and mutate all day, every day. And then we just go, oh, there's a new variant coming. And my, my frustration out of all of this is the continue, like it's, it's the definition of insanity. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. The definition of insanity is to just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. And that's what, not only are we doing that, but we're having that attitude hammered into us every single day by the mainstream media, by social media. And the worst thing is we as a people are policing each other, but just going, hey, this is, this is a bad idea. Yeah. This bad idea is causing lies. Are there any other options that we could put on the table? Oh no, but Josh, Joe, but Joe Rogan, who's 54 years old and was better within a week from getting COVID, he took horse medicine, so fuck that dude. And anyone who thinks that you should do that is an idiot. Yeah. Ridicule is one of the best yeah. motivators for people to not do something. So my, my biggest issue with the whole Australian rollout Fighter. is just the fact that they had that, that Doherty report is the be all and end all mm. that there was nothing else considered. Yeah. And the scientific process is not to test a hypothesis on an entire population. No. The scientific method is to grab a smaller cohort, 
run multiple simultaneous studies with, with different variables, yeah. okay, and then closely monitor the results mm -hmm. of, of each. Yeah. We should have had a multi-pronged approach. Yeah. We're not saying Ivermectin is the answer, but we, we're not even looking for other answers. Well, now, we are looking, there is lots of news about treatment, okay? There are, there are uh, lots of treatment ideas. Mm -hmm. But treatment is too late if you're locking down countries based on cases. Yeah. Right? So if there are, and there are countries out there, mm -hmm. go look at India's numbers, go look at Peru's numbers, that were, uh, cannot get access to the vaccines mm -hmm. because the first world is keeping all of them, mm -hmm. and now with booster shots, that means there's less likely for them to go to the third world. Mm -hmm. Their numbers are going downward. Which, which if you're a pro-vax, you should be outraged by that too. Yeah. Oh, right. But yeah, so their numbers are going down. Mm -hmm. Our numbers, the Western world, using this Doherty model, mm -hmm. right, are going up. Yeah. And it is it, it is across anyone that's doing the same plan, UK, mm -hmm. America, us, we're all following the same trend. Yeah. You know the CDC in America announced, I think it was just over a month ago, that be, so up until that point they hadn't updated the numbers on the thirty five thousand breakthrough infections a week. They were like, oh, yeah, but these people aren't getting severe outcomes, so they just stop reporting the numbers. Interesting, because the Peru number, which is extremely low, mm. an article came out saying that uh, because they're not sure, they don't have the best modelling method, mm. so any, sorry, uh, uh, accounting method, yeah. so every death that was not tested from mm. Rona was just is a, a Rona death. Yeah, they just assumed that it was COVID. Yeah. And... And you're starting to see that sort of rhetoric coming out of New South Wales now as well. And I feel like I know what the play is on this one too, but we can get to that later. But here's some, here's some data that I, I just I shared with you yesterday. And I just think that this might illustrate how potentially ridiculous uh, some of these narratives are. So about, I think it was, it'd be almost three months ago now, uh, India went away from the World Health Organization's guidance to vaccinate their population and started using ivermectin. And you, you'll remember, the reason why we, bring, we keep bringing up India is because India was the country used to scare us earlier on this year yeah. about Delta. You used to Bodies see- Bodies burning yeah, used to see, in the streets. You used to see India you know, on the news For every day talking about how they've got so many people dying from Delta that they're burning bodies because they have nowhere to bury them. Well, that was a lie too, because India's been burning bodies because it's their religion forever. Yeah. But anyway, so so India was really, really bad, apparently. Anyway, months ago, decided to go against the World Health Organization. So they've got about a 2% total vaccination rate. Mm -hmm. And you have to consider too, when it comes to the spread of infections, population density is extremely important. Mm -hmm. It's no coincidence in Australia that Queensland and Western Australia are relatively unscathed, as well as South Australia, and our two most populous states, yep. being New South Wales and Victoria, having worse outcomes, because you've got more people grouped closer together. Yep. It just makes sense. So consider India, it's got a billion people that live there, and it's a poor third world nation. They've got a lot of people living close by. So I sent you some stats yesterday. So if you compare India to the United States, uh, the United States has had 39.7 million cases of COVID-19 mm -hmm. and they've had 645,000 deaths. Mm -hmm. So when I sent you the numbers yesterday, I believe that correlated to 1.62% death rate from cases. So case to death rate, yep. Yeah, so this isn't like, 
This is another step, again, we keep talking about stats, can tell whatever story you want. One of the stats that I keep seeing is deaths per million people. Mm. Well, no, I want to talk about how many people die who get it. Because that tells you whether or not a treatment is effective. If when people get it, do they die? I think, I think it's important to have deaths per million as a, as a, uh, as a benchmarking tool. You can, well, you can use that metric if you want to sure. Well. But to, for me, to consider the effectiveness of a vaccine rollout as opposed to uh, no vaccination ivermectin, uh, America and India are very interesting to look mm -hmm. at. So, yeah, so here we go. So America, 39.7 million cases of COVID-19 for 645,000 deaths which is a death rate of 1.62%. So that means that 1.62% of people who have contracted COVID-19 since the beginning of the pandemic have died from it, mm -hmm. which coincidentally means 98.38%. Anyway, India, 32.9 million cases and 440,000 deaths. Now, just even considering those case numbers for a second, for a country that's got a billion people in a third world nation to have or just under 7 million less cases than America. Yeah, it's saying something. Might tell you something that's around the, the efficacy of ivermectin as a prophylactic. Yeah, that's the difference between trying to uh, 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 roll out a vaccine that reduces the severity of mm -hmm. the disease as opposed to something that that's, stops it. That stops it. And they've had 440,000 deaths. So they've had 205,000 less deaths as well. So their death rate is 1.33%. So just to repeat those numbers, America's death rate, 1.62%. India's is 1.33%. You cannot tell me that India's medical system is better <laughs> and more equipped to respond to diseases than America's. Yeah. You can't tell me that. Now, to argue the point, because I have had a, a discussion with someone during the week, mm -hmm. and I'm going to make him watch this. Mm -hmm. The Australian death rate per million is extremely low. 35, mm -hmm. 35 people per million have died mm -hmm. of corona. But my argument, my pushback on that is with lockdown, if you want to keep it at that figure, the only way to do that is to keep us locked down. Yeah, and it's mathematically, that's the only way that works. There is a reason why our pandemic kicked off later than everyone else's. We're isolated. Yeah. And as soon as it kicked off over here, we, we closed borders and obviously, the lockdown restrictions, they do work to stop spread. Yeah, absolutely. So, fact. Yeah. Right? But you just get more of everything else. Yeah. And and the problem is, and this is why I keep going back to what's our plan B, lockdown, vaccinate, lockdown, vaccinate, that's not a, a lifetime plan because that's, that's all we're looking at at the moment. Yeah. And America, like I was saying a few pods ago, is even the fully vaccinated people are being told to lock down. Here's something uh, that came up this week as well. So I've got a friend of mine who is a, um, she works in maternity wards in New South Wales and she's in one of the LGAs, the, the at-risk mm. LGAs. She is double-vaxxed. Mm -hmm. I believe her, her family, apart from her children, are double-vaxxed. And she was telling me that she is currently at home in quarantine for 14 days because there was an exposure issue at the hospital. It is her fourth time that she has been quarantined for 14 days due to exposure from doing her job yeah. at the hospital, and they're not getting paid. Wow. Really? Yeah. Private, public? Oh. I'm not sure, I didn't ask. Oy. But they're not being paid. So, one thing I wanna speak about on that is, 
we keep hearing that on the news about how we need to all go and get vaccinated to support the medical staff. She was going ballistic about this because she's done the right thing. She's done as the right per the narrative. She's done the right thing as per the narrative. She was one of the people who got duped by Gladys when Gladys was gone. If you go and get double vax, the double vax will get a special treat. And now she gets an extra hour outside a day, which has now just since been, I think, thrown out. I think you can exercise as much as you want because Gladys has bowed to political pressure, yeah. like they all do at the moment, because it's all the health advice until they become too unpopular and then they just change it on a whim. Yeah. Uh, so she's done all the right things. Her income's being affected. They still have to campaign every single year to get... I think it must be public. Actually, more now I think about it. Uh, she has to campaign every year to get a pay rise at work. She They have to pay for parking at work. Like, these are... private. If they're campaigning for... Because government workers get a pay rise attached to CPI. Uh, so could not... I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's, that's the same in every profession because... One thing I do know from doing finance is a lot of these nurses are on contracts. They're not full-time workers. Even in public sector. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, look, it'll be any nurses who, who, yeah, who listen to this, out. if you could let us know. I'm uh, going for lunch with one today. Cool. But even <laughs> if it's anonymously, just let us know what your situation is. Yeah. Because I find this stuff disgusting. So we keep getting told, oh, there's going to be a shortage of hospital beds because all of us are doing the wrong thing. Meanwhile, the government is fucking their own staff over. Mm right hand over fist they're getting exposed because they're at work trying to protect the community of course they're getting exposed and they're getting sent home yeah. and and uh not being paid we've got evidence that something like ivermectin could be given to these people every single week as a prophylactic to at least reduce the chances of them actually getting the virus yeah. at work with and zero adverse reactions yeah with zero adverse reactions and globally, 5,500 adverse reactions since 1993. Yeah, 2.3 billion times it's yeah. been prescribed. Yeah. And 5,500 adverse reactions. But, but it's horse medicine, mate, so yeah. you're yeah. an idiot. Can we talk about the meme <laughs> I said this morning? Yeah. Two people agreeing on, uh, uh, yeah. on using horse, uh, horse uh, medicine. Horse medi medicine. Ivermectin users and, and ketamine, ketamine users. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, can, we, can I also say that too? So yes, we've got pretty... Um, staunch views, mm. but we love meme culture. Oh, meme yeah. culture in any direction is beautiful. Love it. It, it. it is, because at the end of the day, comedy is something that it does bring us all together and it allows a way of introducing ideas yeah. to people Spotlight. in a non-abrasive way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you bring something through and you laugh about it and then you go, ha oh, hang on. Like, maybe, yeah. is there a point there? You yeah. know, it, it's a powerful tool. But look, uh, there's been a lot of other stuff in the news in this week in regards to our response to, to COVID. So I caught up with a mate of mine who I used to work with at a dealership in Tweed Heads uh, during the week. And he has been unable to work for the last, almost, it'd be three weeks now and ongoing. We don't know when that's mm -hmm. going to stop because of this arbitrary border closure mm -hmm. down at uh, the New South Wales-Queensland border. So he's unable to work properly. So that's affecting him financially and mentally as well. I've got many friends who live on the Queensland side of the border who work at the same place who cannot work. I've got other friends who I've been speaking to quite regularly recently who live on the other side of the football border and work in Queensland and they can't go to work. Yeah. Like, I spoke to people whose uh, even trucking contracts are getting ripped up because mm. the if you run your uh, your time frames on a skinny mm -hmm. like on skinny margins, yeah. 
Yeah, you're, you're now having to queue up at the border for three right. hours to get through. Yeah, that's that's your fault, truck driver. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, like, and then you've got all the stories this week about how, you know, Anastasia Palaszczuk uh, locks the border down for her own safety, then goes against her word to let the families of NRL players in. Yeah. The families of NRL players in. Now, one point on that, I'll just let you know, as an NRL fan, the season's over in a month. New South Wales has been on lockdown for eight weeks. That's two months. Mm. Could they not have just stay at home for a month? Mm. Why the like, fuck are they here? Like everyone else. Yeah, why are they here? Yeah. So, I have a real concern about Anastasia Palaszczuk's chances of getting re-elected next time because it happened last time and I was speaking to my friend about this during the week and I think he's got a really valid point. And the valid point is this. We have a pretty old population in Queensland. There is a lot of a lot of elderly people in Queensland, or boomer boomer aged people in Queensland, and those people are the ones who Anastasia Palaszczuk is speaking to when she keeps saying, "I'm locking everything down for everyone's protection." Right? I'm locking down to keep safe. She just says in in Parliament this week, "Oh, I want to see new modelling on the a risk assessment for kids uh, under 12 because they're going to be the unvaccinated." Well, I'll give you the tip. If we're 20 months into this pandemic and you haven't done a risk assessment for children under 12, what the fuck have you been doing this whole time? Yeah. For a start. Secondly, it also contradicts data that was on her own website the month beforehand, but that's a whole other story. Mm. Uh, as we all talk about politicians, never let the truth get on have a good yarn. Mm. So she, she locks all the people down. Now, the problem is, and we've spoken about this before, people are only looking at these pandemic measures in through the lens of their own existence yeah, absolutely and i've had conversations with boomers who are like yeah yeah it's good it's good like i, I had a couple at uh, at the funeral mm. people i hadn't seen for a while yeah, yeah it's good it's good it's good you know she's keeping us safe it's okay to think that you're being kept safe when you're retired sitting in your house that you own outright that's been paid off you get a pension from the government anyway which mm. hasn't been affected and you don't generally do anything anyway yeah. that's that's all good yeah but we've spoken about before, at the like early days of the pod, how difficult it is for young people to get a high-paying job, to get into the housing market if that is the thing that they want to do. Now we've taken that away from them completely. It's not okay for those people. But I think there's enough older people in the state who think that she's done a good job, and they, they're relatively safe, that they'll vote her back in next time. Now here's something else I want to say on that. If we got rid of every single COVID restriction tomorrow, there is no law against those older people still doing the same shit. Yeah, exactly. You can Quarantine stay in your yourself. house. You can wear a mask. You can wear a mask. You can it's not illegal. You can go and get vaccinated. Yeah. You can social distance from people. Yeah. There is no laws against you doing all of those things for the rest of your lives, if that's yeah. what you want to do. Yeah. You can protect yourself. For example, a bit of personal responsibility, if you heard there was an outbreak of Ebola virus on the Gold Coast, you wouldn't go to the Gold Coast. Yeah. You'd probably stay home for the day. So, okay, there's also something that... This is, this is the glaring thing for me. The idea of being COVID zero. Yeah. So if, if, if that is what... Like, how can well, we... Well, a, a lot of states have just torn that up this week as well. But Queensland still hasn't. Uh, we, we haven't, for the moment, because we've had no cases... But now we've got a case because we need to lock down. But, but anyway. the fact, but okay, but the fact that that was the conversation at all, mm. when the measure that you put in place was never going to stop it, yeah. 
Doesn't logic and reason, isn't it fair and reasonable to assume mm -hmm. that if your safety implementation that you're putting in uh, for the long-standing, so I'm, I'm, I'm saying vaccination was the long-term strategy, get yep. to the 80% vaccination rate is the long-term strategy to get mm -hmm. us out of this. Yeah. Was the, and knowing that the it's a leaky vaccine, how can you even entertain the idea of zero? Because, because you could, you could if you had something that got rid of it. Yeah, and there's been no the discussion idea, of it being a leaky vaccine. Yeah, but the, but also the idea of zero too, where and people are obsessed with zero. I'll give you a tip. I don't want zero because I know you can't do it. Yeah. Because, or well, the only way you can do it is keep Australia locked down and keep everyone in here locked down. It's the only, and, and then try to eradicate it here. Mm -hmm. That's the only way that you could do it. Mm -hmm. But then one person comes in from uh, overseas. Look at New Zealand. Right? So, so that is an unsustainable. That to me should be as clear as day mm -hmm. to any reasonable person to assume that we are going to live with this. It's going to move from pandemic sta status to endemic an stuff. endemic status, yeah. which is what we deal with on a daily basis mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you, you're you're 100% correct. The issue is we are being fed rhetoric every day. Every day. And, uh, All as, day. So I had my uh, that conversation with that nurse friend of mine. And in my opinion, this is my opinion, this entire pandemic mess that we are in, right from the beginning, has been caused by the shifting of responsibility. And what I mean by that is this. So we, we, I have had many people tell me that I'm not qualified to make any of the claims that I do. Because I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, I'm not an epidemiologist, okay? Well, our politicians aren't qualified in those areas either. Mm. So we have unqualified people standing up in front of us every single day, making orders based on, in quotation marks, the health advice. Because that's their blame shift. Yeah. This isn't me saying that you need to do this. It's the health advice. And to, to bring your attention back to it, when the last time Anastasia got grilled about bringing NRL players up into Queensland because they said it was hypocritical, she said, oh, it's the health advice that I used to, to say yeah. that. It was the same as the health advice that she said was okay for her to fly to Japan to secure the Olympic bid, which we were unopposed in when Japan was a hotspot for COVID. And also it was the health advice that said that she could take up a spot in hotel quarantine when the week prior to that she had told the federal government to halve international arrivals because too many people were coming in and hotel quarantine was, was struggling. So this is all the health advice. Now, then what happens is when whatever the directive we have had doesn't work, i.e. hard border closure at Queensland, oh, a truck driver's gotten through and now we've got a case in the community for five days then the health advice just gets to change. Oh, the science has evolved and we're, we're doing this and we're doing that. So you're in this, this whole feedback loop now of zero liability. Yeah. Because I'll tell you this much, Dr. Jeanette Young has been put up like the superstar of Queensland's COVID mm. uh, response. I can, I can give you the tip, for an infectious disease, we, we are quite a large state with a small population in Queensland. If you just locked the borders, you won't get cases. Pay me $620,000 a year. That's what she's on. That's all she had to do. She is fortunate to be taking care of the health response for a very large state with everyone spread out. Mm. It is not a coincidence that the majority of cases have been in New South Wales and Victoria because they're far more populated in a far smaller area, right? So this evolving health advice means absolutely none of these politicians is taking any 
responsibility or liability for any actions they've taken because everything just gets punted off to the next person down the line. And even worse than that, when the health advice changes, it only seems to change in terms of the limitations in movements that That's we right. have here. That's right. And it does not change within the policy outside of the Doherty report. That's right. So, so you're willing to change things unless it's off that plan. Mm-hmm. That plan was written, I don't know when it was written, but before, like at, at the very start. It was probably written before COVID came out. It has not we've not wavered from that plan. No. And the plan doesn't work. doesn't work. The plan will not work. Use your reason. Because the, because Use the, your logic. Because it relies on a sterilising vaccine that we don't have. That we don't have. And never had. No. And I would argue that the vaccine companies never said it. Yeah. They never said it in yeah, the beginning. I agree with you. The media did. Yeah. The media said it. Uh, so, and all of you boomers who are currently listening, thank you for hanging around this yeah, long, because I know I've been critical, yeah. and I know that you're seething with me right now because of my criticism of Anastasia Palaszczuk, because every decision that she has made has been to keep you safe, just except for when it was right at the start of the pandemic and she forced us all to go and vote in person before we knew how bad COVID really was and how effective it was. Yeah. Just remember that. It was, it was all well and good right at the start of the pandemic for her to force her people outdoors to go and congregate at large areas, uh, sorry, not even large areas sometimes, but areas with large amounts of people all congregating at the same time to vote her back in. Mm. That was okay. But that was for your safety, don't forget it. Mm. That was for and your like, safety. And, and just circling back to what you said before, you can still keep you safe. Yeah. You can say, if you're worried about That's it, right. and you shouldn't be worried about it, you should be worried about the other things that are far statistically higher mm. uh, 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 that you could die from. You should be worried about your own health. You should be worried about It's your not own being worried about COVID. You should be worried about your own health. Yeah, because do yourself a favour and go on the Australian Bureau of Statistics mm. and look up the mortality rates. Yeah. Literally every other thing is up. Mm-hmm. Pneumonia is up. Cancer is up. Suicide is up. Mm. Exponentially up. Yeah. On the uh, on the 15 to 19 average. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look after yourself is, is, is the first thing. Mm. And we're doing it wrong. We've been doing it wrong from the, from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Not saying I'm not anti-vax. No, it was part of it. It should have been part of a multi-pronged approach. Yep. But the fact, the fact that we were not even allowed to talk about any other prongs mm-hmm. is disgusting. And so, that's what we. And, and this is an argument that I've had with some younger people now. They're, mm-hmm. they're just like, oh, let's just write it out and see how it goes. No, we need to talk about these things now because these people are never going to get held, held to account. No, it doesn't true. happen until until years and years after, mm-hmm. and it's too late. Yeah. The idea of this is being able to question things with logic and reason. We live in a democratic society, mm-hmm. okay? So it's, it's supposed to be, uh, uh, they're called public servants, right? They're supposed yeah. to serve the public, That's right? right? So when when you've got multiple strong entities, i.e. government and media, working together mm-hmm. to send a narrative to get you to think a particular way, mm-hmm. a smart, reasonable person is actually going to question these things to make sure that the right thing happens at the right time. Mm-hmm. Because we've said from the start, we've done it wrong. Yeah, here's a point for you. So anyone who's listening who is pro-labor, if you can remember back pre-COVID pandemic beginning, uh, Kevin Rudd has been railing against the Rupert Murdoch media in Australia for a long time. Mm-hmm and of their disgustingly biased reporting, which is pro-liberal and anti-labor. Yep. So he's been going on about that for a long, long, long time. Uh, you don't think that the Murdoch press is maybe, I don't know, painting a liberal government narrative this time around too? Mm. 
the counter to what channels like Koshi says, the mm. counter to it is not shown on normal TV. There yeah. is there is no counter to it. Yeah. Think about that. If every everyone's saying the same thing, mm. yet ninety percent ownership is from one one That's person right. who we know has a has has a has a push and Labor supporters and people who've been following Kevin Rudd knows how how and I agree I agree with them. There, there I is, it is it is dumb of us as a nation mm-hmm. to allow a absolute monopoly mm-hmm. on the information that is fed to us. So if they if they have ninety percent control over the Australian media, do you think that means they get ninety percent of the advertising revenue? Mm-hmm. Yep. Ah. Yeah. So maybe there's a conflict of interest there. Because mm-hmm. one of the key issues with Ivermectin is that no one makes any money out of it. It's off patent. It's off patent. Anyone's allowed to make it. Anyone can, that's made all over the world and no one makes any money out of it. Yeah. And yet you've got Pfizer coming up with an antiviral drug themselves. They're in phase two trials now because their vaccine's so effective that they've now got... It's so effective that it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need to make an antiviral drug too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've also heard that it'll be to support the vaccine. Of course. Of course we got that stuff that you got to clear. Well, exactly right. And I mean, you, you'd rather sell two products instead of one. Yeah. Right? Uh, That's a multi-pronged approach. That is a multi-pronged sales pitch. Yeah. So, look, I've been, yeah, I've been really disgusted on the things I've seen this week. One of the key points that I'm disgusted about is this, we're creating a two-tier society. So in 2021, one of the things that we were speaking about in the lead up to 2021 was everyone's rights and LGBTQ community and Black Lives Matter and we're all about inclusion and equality and gender pay gap and gender pay gap and it's all inclusive and we're all like yeah that's where we should be in 2021 we should be an all inclusive society and now we all the same people who are flying the flag for all of those different groups are like, yeah, the unvaccinated are disgusting. They shouldn't even get public medical care because they're making a choice not to get vaccinated. Oh, uh, we, my, literally just this week, my Facebook feed has been filled with businesses offering uh, times that only the vaccinated can go. Wow. And there's all these people, and uh, I wouldn't even be surprised if they're just like bots. Because uh, you can guarantee in every single one of those comment threads, there's always going, there's always someone going, I did my own research, like making light of people yeah. actually doing their own research, yeah. making light of critical thinking and asking questions of politicians. Hey, listen, do we um do we not give medical care to obese people? No, we don't. And would it be fair to say that obese people put a larger um uh, a larger strain, strain on on the medical facilities? Was that a fat joke? It's not personal. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the so ridiculous that, point that we've been making for a long, long time, which is the you hear you, you can hear it in people's uh, tone and even people from the medical community the disdain for the unvaccinated. Well, I'll give you the tip, medical community. This is the job you chose to do. You got to take with the good with the bad. And every single day, you deal with people who are experiencing the negative effects of their own choices throughout their life. Smokers with lung cancer, obese people with heart disease, uh, alcoholics. alcoholics with liver disease. Like, you deal with these people every single time. Never once have we heard disdain from the medical community about dealing with those people. Yeah. 
They just do it. On they, the flip side of it, never once have we had incentives from the government to change those behaviours. Yeah. So yeah. I made the point the other day. How about instead of the government trying to incentivise people from uh, for getting vaccinated, why don't they say, okay, everyone goes out and does a BMI with their doctor, and if you're in the obese category, if you can get yourself down to the overweight category and hold that for three, like actually, no, here's one. If you get into the the overweight category, we're going to pay you three hundred dollars, and then every quarter you're going to go in and get a doctor's visit, and if you're still in that BMI, we'll pay another three hundred. Mm. How much how much money could we save from our our health budget? Yeah, if it was that. by incentivizing uh, healthy behaviours. Yeah, and when you say that sounds ridiculous because of the amount of cost, I'll give you the tip at hundred dollars per test, and we're we're testing how many people a day? Ugh. Tens of thousands every yep. single day. Yeah, when we show off, we Queensland did forty thousand tests yep. yesterday. Okay, I think I, I looked at the the the, the total numbers. I don't know it might have been a week or two ago, and we're at something like two point eight billion dollars so far. We'd spent just on testing. Yeah, just on testing. So when when all these people are like, oh, you know, anyone who doesn't want to get vaccinated is doing it because they're an idiot or, or whatever whatever the reason is. Number one, it should be a choice. Because I can guarantee you there are people railing against the anti-vaxxers now who are pro-choice when it comes to abortion. My body, my choice. My body, my choice. Where, where is that energy gone? Yeah. Where, where is that energy gone? And then do you know what they'll say? Oh, well, your abortion can't give me an abortion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you being unvaccinated can give me COVID, even though I can give you COVID as well. But so that is a very extreme, <laughs> extreme um, thing. But... A friend of mine who got the vaccine sent me the paperwork. Mm. The second line of the paperwork says, it is your choice to get the vaccine. Yeah. The second line. Mm-hmm. It is illustrated as clear as day. Uh, it is your of- choice. And that is on their their form. You should have a look at the amount of insurance companies that are no longer offering life insurance policies. Yeah. All of a sudden, April 2020, they stopped. Sorry, no, April 2021, they stopped offering life insurance policies. And work cover will not um, cover you for adverse reactions unless it was mandated by your work. Right, well, there you go. And again, so when we when I spoke before and about- why is that? Why, why would that be? Because it's safe and effective, mate. But like, it's not like, like insurance companies, they know this stuff. Insurance also. companies love paying money out and they just pay money out for everything. Yeah. So obviously if they're not including it, if they're not doing it anymore, it means that there's no risk. Yeah. So that's why they won't take your money for your premiums every year. Can I talk about the, so actually that is a point I've got to make on insurance. So these insurance companies are no long, longer offering life insurance products. Now consider this, if you want to go and get car insurance, if you're under the age of 30, they deem you as a higher risk driver because you've got less experience. So what happens? So you pay more money for your premium mm-hmm. because you're at higher risk. If you, uh, have had previous claims which might indicate that you're a bad driver they'll still insure you but your premiums go up so they will pay you more money because you're high oh sorry you'll have to pay more money because you're a high risk person but there are certain people who try to get car insurance i.e people who have lost their licenses due to drink driving before where they will offer you no cover because you were deemed to be too high risk yeah and now they're no longer offering life insurance mm. that's interesting isn't it mm. Life insurance, which is a policy that for a lot of people never even gets claimed because by the time they actually die after spending a lifetime on their premiums, they're single and no one actually goes and makes a claim. Yeah. So so a license to print money, they're no longer offering as of April 2020, or <sighs> uh, 2021. 
It is wild. Very, it, it is wild. It is wild. Okay, so the, the, I, I've tried to stay away from the news for the week because it's just so disgustingly mm. one-sided, but I literally flipped it on this morning. Mm -hmm. And the line was literally this, Canada has had a massive spike in cases and deaths. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they've got an exceptionally high vaccination rate. What does this mean? And they asked the health professional, and the health professional said, more vaccination. Yeah, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yeah. There's just no data to support it. You don't I, I just that. What I love is just how they're like, if you get vaccinated, it stops you from spreading it. And then they're like, all the people that are vaccinated are in the hospitals, it's because they got the virus from the unvaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, hello, 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 is hello. there anyone there? Like, yeah. I, you were being lied to. Yeah, now, audio podcast viewers, I don't think this shit's working on the majority of you. Yeah. But for some of you, it is. Now, I hate when people say, wake up, sheeple. I hate it. It's just... They're, they're it's, it's derogatory. It's derogatory. It's it a, is. And it's unfair. It's unfair given the overwhelming force of that media yeah, jungle. It, it is the equivalent of telling Bill Cosby's victims to wake up. Yeah. They've been drugged. Yeah. You guys have been drugged too. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. So I, I had a, a, a public conversation on Facebook during this week about a lot of these matters. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate enough that some people on the other side of, of the aisle uh, were intelligent enough. Uh, they were reasonable, reasonable respectful, and and obviously engaged enough in, in this situation to actually have a proper debate on these subjects mm. in, a, in an open public space. And it's on my Facebook page, if you're friends with me, I encourage you to go and read through it, regardless of whatever side of the aisle you're on, because there are not enough of these conversations which is happening in a public space. And with, with that means that there's only one side of the narrative that's getting pushed out there. And so for a lot of these people who are being told to wake up, it is not your fault you've never been exposed to anything on the other side. Exactly. It's the, not it's not you, your fault. You actually have to go find it. Yeah. And if, if there's no incentive, if there's no if there's no uh, catalyst for you to even look, that's right. Why would you look? That's exactly right. Ninety percent media one yeah. way. If, I would say ninety I'd say ninety well, a hundred percent of free to air TV is all pushing the exact same narrative. Yeah. I think the only one pushing back is Sky News, right? Sky News is the only Oh person. yeah, but aren't they just all a bunch of racists? Yeah, right, right. So if you're, and then you've got social media doing the same thing, mm -hmm. okay, so you've got nearly 100%, you've got 99% of what 99% of the population has ready access to mm -hmm. saying one thing. Yep. Well, of course you're going to think that. And of course you are. But know this, if that same 99% media, 99% social media said that pizza's are the wonder food of the future, you'll give the tip. I'm buying Domino's stock. Like, yeah. you're going to fall for it. You well, will fall for it. Well, as an example of that, 99.9% .9 of the media and social media uh, didn't share the Hunter Biden story from last year. 99% said that it was, uh, that the runner started from a yeah, bat suit. suit. Yeah. So, so all we're trying to say is, just consider the amount of times you've been lied to, even in recent history, by the media, and just question what, what is being told to you every single day. We're not saying we have all the answers, but what we are saying is ask that questions. ask questions. Asking questions used to be celebrated. Yeah. Like we we. Well, I also say use logic. 
You just mm. logic. There's the, the, there is so many rational, logical answers that they cannot answer yeah. given their strategy. However, the issue is, though, it is really difficult to use logic in an argument that is giving you illogical responses. And when... So the, the, the perfect example of this is, like you were saying, they keep going back to the Doherty modelling, they keep saying vaccination is the way out of it. The Doherty modelling relies on a sterilising vaccine, something that would actually stop the virus. And I can tell you right now, if we had a sterilising vaccine, we would have stopped the virus. Yeah, we yeah. wouldn't be here. Yeah, we'd be done. And all the other, like Israel, best example, 90% of people fully vaccinated who is now going into booster shots because they're having massive surges and they're very concerned coming into winter, they wouldn't be in the situation they were in. So... It's a, like one of the points I made on the on that thread was that the scientific method is this. I have a hypothesis. I put my hypothesis forward and I say, this is what I think. This is how I've proven it. See if you can prove me wrong. Yeah. And if everyone in the scientific community can't prove me wrong, then that becomes scientific consensus. We bank that and we move forwards based on it. If anyone from the scientific community can prove it wrong, we go, okay, we're gonna to have to redo the hypothesis and maybe do some new, new testing and then we come up with a new hypothesis and we do the same process. And that's what evolves the science and moves it forward. We've been unable to do that this time around because of pressures outside of the scientific community. Yeah. And you need to you need to consider that. Like, no one, also, no, no, let me finish. No one on your TV screens every single day telling you that Vaccination will stop spread, and ivermectin is horse medicine. None of them are doctors. None of them are scientists. None of them. None of the politicians who are telling you that are actual scientists. I actually, sorry, there's one guy who's in Parliament who is a doctor, uh, was a practicing physician, which is Malcolm Roberts, who is not speaking in line with the, the national narrative. A lot. Let me push back a bit. They have got, so the media will get a, they'll put doctors, professors, epidemiologists on. And, and they are saying these things, mm. right? But this is what that looks like prior to that. So, so if you think, so there, 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 are, there are epidemiologists on both sides, mm -hmm. right? That's fair to say. Well, when you are the producer and you're working out who you're gonna put on for the day, mm -hmm. are you gonna ring up and say, okay, I'm on the 7.30 project. Hey, um, uh, okay, so we're gonna get you on to talk about it. Um, and what are you gonna say? Yeah. Oh, you're gonna say against what we've been saying every day for the last 18 months? Mm. No thanks. Ring next one. Hey, are you gonna say, what are you gonna say? Oh, you, you're going to say everything that we've been saying for the last 18 months? Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll schedule in the sense that. And then they call back the first guy and they go, hey, just um, keep your calendar open three months from now when we need you. <laughs> because we'll the see. difference is... I have a feeling it will shift to a completely different thing. I don't think we will... I don't think the shift will be seen by the media because they've been... They've been so... They've dug their heels in so much. They'll have to shift the narrative to something completely different and more outlandish. I'm not sure because... Look, if you, I, I see where you're coming from because that's generally how the media works, is when, when something suits them, they run it. When it no longer suits them, they move on to something else. You change it, yeah. And I spoke about the Christian Porter scandal from, I think that was March this year that that, mm. that was happening. Well, it no longer suits the media, so they stopped talking about it, even though back then it was the worst thing that's ever happened, and, yeah. and that's all we could talk about. So I tend to agree with you on, on that. I think the Afghan war coverage was part of the start of this shift mm -hmm. because the wheels are starting to fall off our COVID response. So we needed something else to speak about. And hey, presto, fantastic. We've now got Afghanistan to talk about. Yeah. And that's dominated our headlines for a long period of time. Obviously, climate change has come back to the fore too when we haven't really spoken that much about climate change. And I, I made the point to a friend of mine the other day that 
I didn't see one climate change story during the Olympics because there was heaps of news to talk about. And then now, it was literally the day that the Olympics was over, uh, there was some new report that came out that was talking about yep. catastrophic climate change. So that dominates the news headlines. And all of these things are just emotive things that keep our attention. We've spoken about it a million yep. times before, right? Admiral. Yeah. But I have seen a bit of a shift in the media in some of the interviews that they've had with politicians where I've actually seen some journalists putting some pressure on them for the first time and saying things like, obviously, this stuff isn't working. I think Anastasia Palaszczuk this week did a massive slip up when she let the NRL wags and like wives and girlfriends and families in, but didn't let that lady who was in Tweed who needs to come back to Queensland to continue her cancer treatment in. Yeah. Well, then they bowed to, to pressure to give her an exemption to let her in. And then guess what happened? Well, you're only allowed to enter the state by plane. She had to travel to Sydney and then fly out. Oh my gosh. So you're so a cancer patient who's currently on the other side of the border in yeah. Tweed Heads, who you forced to travel to a COVID hotspot yeah. to then fly up here. For whose safety is that? Yeah. So you're actually giving her the opportunity to get COVID and then bring it up to Queensland with her. And just to people that don't understand the geography we're talking about, it's the difference between uh, a 40 minute drive, yeah, right, or an hour, hour and a half flight to Sydney and then back yeah. another hour or two hours or whatever it is. Yeah. They had that three year old boy who was in the news who has been down with his grandparents for the last three months because he hasn't been able to get up here. And again, bowing to social pressure, all of a sudden Anastasia let the kid in. Now, everyone's talking about how horrible it is for the kid. As someone who's a parent or a toddler, I feel sorry for the fucking yeah, grandparents. Yeah, I'm like, like, how are they keeping up with this kid? I'll give it to see if Nate's going missing. If, I'm <laughs> missing, if there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. What do you mean I had Nate? Yeah. <laughs> um, so there was, there was that. Then you've got the... So, again, Anastasia was saying that there was only 50... 50 hotel rooms available for hotel quarantine in Queensland. And then after all this kerfuffle happened this week and she was forced to apologise about bringing the NRL wags up, all of a sudden on Monday, there's going to be 680 rooms available in Queensland to bring people back in. And when she was pressed by a journalist, because again, journalists I've actually started to hear asking pointed questions now mm. at, the, at the end of these press conferences. They were just going along with it before, now they're actually starting to ask questions. They were like, well, how is it that you can go from having 50 rooms available to 680 within three days? And she was like, oh, yeah, because, you know, people had left hotel quarantine, so now we've got the beds. And then they're like, yeah, but wouldn't you wouldn't you have known that yeah. earlier in the week? Yeah, because you'd have a, a specific schedule. So it That's was right. Like you would, you would say these 680 people. You know what your people. level's going to be yeah. in weeks in advance. That's right. So you would say, we've got 50 beds of uh, rooms available today, but on Monday, there's 680 rooms available, so get your applications in and come home to Queensland. Yeah. But that's not what the talk was. The talk at the start of the week was, we're, we're locking everyone out for everyone's safety, and I'm worried about the kids under 12 because they're not vaccinated. She's a mole. <laughs> she just needs to go away. <laughs> yeah, they all need to. They all need to. Uh, everyone needs to be held responsible for and, this. And this is something that's been troubling for me the entire pandemic. At the beginning, I, I lauded the ability for both major political parties, Liberal and Labour, to work together yeah. on the pandemic yeah. response. I thought it was fantastic last year, seeing how divided the politics were in America, and then seeing what we were doing last year over here. I thought and it was what fantastic. has been traditionally how divided our political yep. parties have yep. been tr traditionally. Because yeah. everyone knows that normally the opposition just says, whatever you said is wrong. Yep. That's, that's yep. how it works. But last year they came together and they, they worked together on everything. I thought that was fantastic. 
What I'm extremely concerned about is this year, we're 20 months into a pandemic we clearly don't have control of. We are clearly not deviating course when our, our Doherty modelling plan is not working and both political parties are still just supporting whatever they, they want to do. Yeah, get them out. That, like, it's the, it's Federal the, election. It's the only thing get you can out. do. You do your got... research, go and, go and find a party yep. that is, has actually got a strategy that is going to get us out. Yep. Get us out. Yep. Get and, them out. And like, I'll freely admit, I've been a Liberal Party, but when it comes to Federal, I've been a Liberal Party voter my whole life because I was in business and they generally made decisions which were pro-business, which helped me. Yep. I, there's no way I can I can vote for him again no. next year. There's just no way. No. The I mean, and one of my biggest concerns is we're literally creating a two-class system in Australia. Think about that. 2021, free country, Western, rich, democracy country. We are making a two-class system where we are saying that people who have got a mandatory medical procedure are allowed to do things and go places that people who don't have it aren't allowed to do mm. in australia the fact that we're sitting in a, in a de- the safe rich democratic country yep. and we can't even bring our own australians back to it their country that's yep. unheard of but and we can't bring queen like anastasia palaszczuk won't bring her own voters back into her state but we'll bring in the wives and families of nrl place who don't live here yep. so she'll prioritize interstate citizens over her own that just to me just Max of arrogance, and she knows she's going to get voted back in next time. Because I was surprised that she got voted in at all last time, and she won by a landslide. Yeah. Because I think there's enough people out there who, like I was saying before, the the everyone whose lives are already set up, they're all good. Yeah, she's keeping me safe, and I'll vote her back in. Because because great for her. Get them out. We need real change, guys. We need we need real change, and as a federal m- uh, state, we're stuck. But federal, we don't. Federal, we can change. And as was shown in America last year, you, you only need to look at, at what happened with their last federal election, where in the, the whole lead up to it was Trump, Trump bad, Biden good. Biden said literally nothing for the entire campaign trail. The media did the job for him by getting Trump out of there. But the sales pitch to get Biden back in was, this is gonna be a return to normal. This is gonna be a return to normal. And what's normal? Normal is, took him two months to sign off on a $1,400 stimulus to his people, took him two weeks to bomb Syria. Yeah. That was normal. So if you think that by voting the Liberal federal government out next year, by voting the Labor federal government back in, that anything is going to change, you're kidding, you're kidding yourself. And on that note, thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you next time again.